and welcome to the ADHD Friendly Podcast. I'm Patty Blunderman, and my passion is looking for ADHD-friendly ways to create more ease in my life and bringing it here to share with you in the hopes that it can do the same in your life. Today, I'm going to be talking about habit tracking. So I did an episode on mini habits and strategies to create habits, starting with really, really small pieces of things. And that's in episode 18. So I invite you to check that out. And then I'm also going to be referencing my um, don't break the chain strategy in today's episode, since we're talking about tracking habits, but I want to just go ahead and let you know that is in episode 23, where I talk about um, Seinfelding ADHD and the don't break the chain strategy comes from Jerry Seinfeld. So I want to just reference those at the top. So if you want to check those out, I invite you to do that for a deeper dive into habit formation. But today I'm going to be focusing on how do we track habits and some tools um, to make it sparkly and keep us coming back. And, and I always say the, the challenge with the habit formation is often that we feel pushed into doing it and we want to be pulled into doing it. So tracking for me is one of those really magical ways that I find pulls me into my habit with a lot more ease. So why do we track? There's three key pieces. The first is it's a visual cue. It's a reminder that you're even doing something that you intended to do as a habit. So you're building it. The second is it's motivating to see progress. So if you're tracking it and you're checking it off each day, you can literally see, oh, I've done that. And I've done it for several days and I want to keep doing it. So it builds that don't break the streak. So we can see it. So we remember it. We can see our progress, so it's motivating, and we don't want to break the streak. So that's that pull. It brings us into doing it. So I want to really just um, highlight some tools that I have used in the past. I like to change up my trackers because um, I need them to be sparkly. I need them to be interesting. And what I notice is if it becomes dull, I forget it exists, and I won't go in and I won't use it. So I have several that... I'm going to be sharing. So if you're listening to this, I invite you to check out my podcast um, on YouTube, ADHD Friendly Podcast, and you'll be able to see all of the tools that I'm going to be showing. Very visual episode today. So the first I'm going to start with is um, something that I created. I'm going to post a PDF on this so that you'll have access to it. I call it my ADHD success puzzle. And I love puzzles. I've done you know episodes where I talk about um, my love of doing jigsaw puzzles. And so I made a puzzle and I really thought about what are the pieces of a puzzle that make up a day that's more likely to be successful for me. And I have kind of, I'm going to hold it up and show you, I have kind of a menu here on the left of possible things to include. And I always include like extra spaces to add more things. And then I write in the things that I'm doing and I color them in as I go through the day. So this was yesterday's and this is today's. And so I've colored in the ones I've done. And then I have ones I'm still working towards. And what I like about this is, again, I'm tracking. Am I doing the things that lead to a, a successful day that I've identified work for me? And then I can see because I've started, I'm like, oh, I want to get those other ones filled in. What do I still, what am I still working on? So again, it pulls me in throughout the day because I want to finish the puzzle um, as I go through my day. And some of the things that I include on my list are getting enough sleep, um, doing yoga in the morning, um, making sure I'm intentionally prioritizing playtime. So making sure I get time in my day that I'm having some, some fun time to do the things I enjoy, um, having planning time with my calendar. So I'm looking at what's coming up today and what will I need to do to manage my energy and my focus. So those are just some examples for me. And I 
I'll, I'll share a blank um, PDF of this so you can maybe play with it and see what would be included in your puzzle if that's sparkly for you. I've sometimes gone and colored like different pieces with different colors. Um, I don't often keep up with that because that requires a little bit too much uh, maintenance for me to sustain. Okay, the next is truly a don't break the chain example. I've shared this before in my mini habits and my Seinfelding episode, but I started a, a yoga habit. I was really trying to get back into an uh, exercise routine um, and was struggling with that. And so this is one that I continue with today and has not lost its sparkle for me where I just have a, a calendar um, like desk blotter. And every day when I do my, my intention is to do, um, at least 15 minutes of yoga, Monday, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. And then if I don't do it Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it's absolutely fine. And most weeks I don't. Um, but I, I make a commitment that I will do that before, um, I engage with the rest of my morning before I have breakfast. I, I do my yoga first thing. So it's kind of checked off and I move on with my day and it's worked really well for me. I started this back in October of 2021 and it's now, as I'm recording this, the uh, beginning of August, mid-August and um, it's still sparkly. And so I, I tear them off and I hang them on the wall in my ism, my insight in mind room so I can see them. I have a whole room dedicated to supporting my brain to see um, the tools that I need to be able to support my brain with more ease. And I'm going to share a little bit more on that at the end of the episode today, because it's going to be in my expecto patronum journal section where I'm, I'm capturing a success. Okay. The next tool I'm going to share is, uh, this is a weekly monthly tracker for me to see in one place, the things I'm working on over the course of the week or the course of the month. And so I just created this for myself in, um, uh, it's a, it's a Google sheet and I have like, I printed out for the whole month and then I just cover it. So I'm just looking at this week and then I have monthly things over here. So like I try to go on two date nights with my husband every month. I try to finish two knitting projects each month. I have my goal to do two social outings each month and I can easily see, um, am I doing them? Am I, you know, do I need to step it up a little bit to be able to fill that in and get it checked off. That's monthly. Weekly, I track my active days each week. I track, um, I intermittent fast. So I track, I do that six out of seven days a week. So I just track that. Um, I drive with my daughter. She's learning how to drive. So I you know, have a goal for tracking that. So we're staying on track with making sure she's getting the practice she needs so that she's um, a confident driver. So just things like that. Do I just invite you to think about if you were going to track things that you're trying to do each week, what are they and how do you see it? And this works for me. I keep it on the clipboard and I just have it right next to my workspace at my desk um, where I can just keep up with it throughout the day. So that's another checklist. Okay. A couple of things I noticed is especially when I'm starting a habit or if it needs to be more sparkly, the more concrete, the better. You'll notice all of my trackers are concrete physical trackers. So I know there's a lot of tracking apps out there. If that works for your brain, absolutely. I invite you to track the way that works for you. I know if I have to go into an app and open it up to see it. I've tried multiple ones. It just doesn't pull me in. It doesn't work for me. I tend to get distracted or I forget, and it just doesn't hold the thread for me um, very efficiently. So I always return to visual concrete um, external tools. So I call myself kind of like analog clean. I really am pulled into 
physical concrete tools. So back in 2020, I ran um, the Disney half marathon and not really a runner. I, I kind of, you know, made that the, the ultimate reward. If I train and I get to the point that I'm running the half marathon, I get to go to Disney World. And so that was my kind of big sparkly reward. And to keep up with it, I, I printed out a picture, I'm going to hold this up, of what the medal was that would be awarded to half marathon participants. So it was literally just a printout that I cut out and I hung on my dry erase board. And I used post-it flags. This was towards the end of my training where I, I could literally see the end. These used to go all the way around my medal. And each day that I did my run, I you know kind of counted down or I had seven, my seventh to the last run, my sixth to the last run where it told me the miles and I could pull them off. And what I loved was as I removed them, the metal became more and more visible to me. So it was very visually satisfying to see my progress because I had so few left. So it's kind of the opposite of my yoga tracker where I want to see more and more and more. This one was, I want to see less and less and less until I got to, um, down to my last run before the half marathon. And I did it and I ran the half marathon. I checked the box and, um, it felt really satisfying to get that medal in real life, which is actually hanging behind me. It's one of the things that, um, I'm really proud of having accomplished. After I ran that half marathon, a lot of these tools are again around exercise because it's it's always something I I struggle with consistently keeping in place for myself. So I noticed was after the half marathon, I live in Chicago. I came back. The marathon was in January, and that was it. I didn't run again. Oh my gosh! Like I think I ran twice that that whole next year. I just that was I was very all or nothing around it. I didn't have anything that I was training for, and it just lost its sparkle. So when I was trying to build up another habit, I used a domino habit where, you know, research shows it takes about 66 days to form a new habit. And so I thought, well, well, I'll just take, you know, I counted out 66 dominoes and I thought every day I'll stack a domino. Um, I'll, I'll stand it up that I do my workout. And I just, again, I'm holding up pictures of what it looked like. And then as it grew, I could literally see the line of dominoes stacking up. The problem was I knocked it over <laughs> one point in it and it just got my way to stack them back up, but it was very sparkly to see them. It worked for a bit. I use pocket charts a lot. This was a pocket chart tracker I was doing for exercise. This didn't end up working for me, but I share it in case it's something that works for you. Again, it's very concrete and tactile where I would put up the number of minutes and the, the activity that I did and, and just tracked it that way. I thought that was really sparkly and it would work for me. It didn't end up working for me, but it was sparkly to try it. And that's, that's for me, always half the battle. What's going to pull me into doing it. What, what's going to remind me easily. I'm seeing it. And I'm, Oh, I want to go pick up a domino and put it down in my, my chain. I want to cross it off with my red marker so I can see it on my desk blotter or, you know, whatever it is, think about what's sparkly and what might work for you. Okay. So now I'm just going to share, I have two updates that I'm going to be putting in my Expecta Patronum journal. So again, my Expecta Patronum journal, which I'm holding up is my visual success journal. And I named it, uh, my inspiration is Harry Potter, which I love, love, love. And um, Expect Expecta Patronum is the, the, um, the, oh gosh, what is the word? It's the, not the charm. I'm going to call it charm because I can't think of the word um, that Harry does that's a spell, huh? <laughs> a little brain gap there. Um, it's the spell that Harry does when he has to um, 
conjure up his Patronus, which will repel Dementors. And Dementors are soul-sucking, like they suck the happiness out of you. So it's literally filled with happy things that will repel anything negative in my life. I go to it whenever I'm experiencing negative emotions or feelings because it, it builds me back up. It shifts my focus out of those negative ruminative thoughts into a space of open possibility and evidence that I can do things. And it just shifts my brain with more ease. So I called it my expected patronum journal. Okay. There was my little segue into that. Um, but two things I'm going to celebrate first is, um, my mini habit routine that I highlighted. So my, my wall in my ism room, I'm holding up a picture. It, it now has so many monthly calendars that they're overlapping and it's actually become a little cluttered. So I'm thinking I might start taking this down and find, you know, another way to see the progress. Um, because this is just a little too, now it's becoming visually overwhelming and I'm feeling like it, it's not working for me anymore. Although in the beginning it was, but I, I, what I'm going to put in here, and it's something I want to highlight too, because remember with tracking habits, we can see our progress and with ADHD brain wiring, I always want to highlight the importance of capturing that progress. It's one thing to notice it in the moment. It's another thing to capture it over time. And so I write little notes on my on my win here. And so I have that I started it, it this habit in October, 2021. I do it four times a week. Um, my, my initial goal was 10 minutes or more each day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And I have not missed a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday since the very beginning of October, which is kind of crazy to me. It's a thing that I would say is like a superpower for neurotypical brains. And I have found this tracking and the time that day that I picked, it was just part of my morning routine that I, I piggybacked on a, a morning routine that was already working for me. And I had time to do it. And I kept the, the time requirement really small. And I don't know if I said this before, when I was talking about the yoga, the yoga, the uh, practice that I built, but I use um, the videos that yoga Adrian does yoga with Adrian. I know a lot of people have found her and, and really uh, have found her videos resonate. I find them incredibly ADHD friendly. And I just want to highlight that because she's so um, accepting of where you are. I've tried yoga in classes before and just felt it. And I'm sure it was just my own sensitivities, but felt very judged, felt very uncomfortable. I'm not the most flexible person. So, um, you know, the, the instructor would say, you know, really, you know, Bend, you know, don't bend your knees or like what and I'm like, I can't do that. And it would just get in my way of going back where when I do the videos that I found under the different series that are free yoga with Adrian, you can subscribe, but I have, she offers so many of them for free. Um, just writing, just, just trying them out and listening to her. She's like, okay, so maybe you're here and maybe you're here. And maybe this isn't something that, that you're able to do yet or ever, but where you are is where you are. She's just very, um, ADHD friendly in her approach and meeting where you are and feeling very comfortable, um, to do the practice and show up where you are and build from there. So I highly down here, I added one push up at the end of my yoga practice, and I think I did this around sometime in February because I noticed that what I wasn't able to do, I don't have a lot of upper body strength and I have not been strength training was I wasn't able to, to do the transition from like a plank down to um, Cobra. I just didn't have the strength. I, I tended to just kind of drop. And that might sound, you know, if you're like into working out or this is not a challenge for you, that, that might sound 
however it sounds, it's just the truth. It's where I was. Um, and so I thought, you know what, at the end of my yoga practice every day, I'm going to do one push up. I'm just going to add a push up. So again, I'm piggybacking on the exercise habit I had already established. And it felt easy enough just to throw in a push up at the end. Well, now I'm in August and what I really wanted to capture in my expected patronum journal as progress is that I can now do 25 push-ups, And that's crazy to me that I went from, you know, barely able to do one to now I can do 25 with relative ease. Um, and so, you know, capturing, I, I know I have better balance. I'm more flexible. I have a stronger core and now I can, and I added push-ups, so I can do those transitions during my yoga practice when I'm watching the videos I can do them just fine now where before I couldn't, but I wouldn't have added that if I didn't notice what I wanted more of. And I had an easy way to build onto a, a routine I already had. So that's one of my expected patronum wins I'm adding to my, um, my binder for this week. And the other is around, I'm going to update my 22 for 22 list. So this is another tracker that I've shared before where I'm just capturing my social outings. And I talked about this in my, um, my social challenges podcast, um, recently, if you look it up, I can't remember the number off the top of my head, but I did it in the last two or three episodes, um, where I talk about how it, it can be really challenging for, for those of us with ADHD brain wiring. Um, we, we often have some social skills, um, challenges. And so I made a goal for myself to do 22 outings in the year, 2022, that, I was going to track. And basically it, it breaks down to, you know, I say roughly two a month. And my challenge for July was to go to a local knitting event. So um, it was at a hotel conference room. Um, I knew a couple of the knitters who were co-sponsoring it because they are at my weekly um, knitting group, but I didn't know anybody else. And I had never been to this hotel and I knew I wouldn't know, you know, other people there, but I knew they were all knitters and I, I love knitting and it felt like something I, I wanted to challenge myself to do. So I told the person that I knit with, I was going to go. So that held me feeling more accountable to go. And they reached out and invited me to go to lunch the day I was going with a group of them, which I said yes to, and I decided that would be, I'm going to count it as two because I'm going to the event and I'm going to be at the hotel. And then I'm also going to go to lunch, which again, for me, that, that takes social effort. And, and the challenge that I, I experienced that was unexpected. I'm going to share here. Um, and my, my successes, I didn't end up kind of like turning and leaving in the moment was this is like the first, like, like multiple, you know, kind of people event that I went to, um, where I don't know anybody, uh, you know, for the most part. And, um, when I got there, I was, I was nervous. I was, I was holding a, you know, my knitting and I baked some cookies that I was carrying in. So I had like cookies in this hand. And, and I, when I walked into the conference room, there was a sign in table, which I just wasn't really thinking about it. So I was like, Oh, Oh, okay. I got to sign in. And so I signed in. And what I noticed was my hand was shaking. And that really surprised me. I, I didn't realize how nervous I was just about going into this knitting event, which again, if, if social challenges aren't something that you struggle with, that, that might seem, you know, kind of like, maybe you don't connect to that, but if you do, I'm, this is why I'm sharing it in case it is something that you struggle with. And so they gave me a name tag. <laughs> um, I wrote it and my hand was shaking so much. I couldn't even read my own name. 
And so I was like, I'm so sorry. And I kind of like ripped it up. I was like, there's no way I'm using that. And I had to throw it away, but it was really uncomfortable because I had to ask for another name tag. And even when I wrote it a second time, it, it really wasn't my best handwriting and I wasn't happy with it, but I was like, all right, I'm not going to ask for another name tag. I'm just going to go with that. But I was so nervous at that point that it, it again, it, it felt like, oh gosh, like, why is my hand shaking? Can they see my hand shaking? But I was like, no, I'm here. I've got my name tag. I'm, I'm, I'm going to you know put my cookies down. I'm going to go sit well, and sat. And the, the lady that I knew had an opening at her table. So I asked if I could sit there. And she says, oh, Patty, you don't have a name tag. <laughs> I didn't even, I left it up at the, the table, or at least I thought I did. And she's like, I'll grab it for you. Cause I was getting settled as I sat down and I'm like, literally like my hands are shaking fully and, and, and I'm trying just to breathe and, you know, get some oxygen flowing so I can just settle in. And so she went up to grab my name tag. And when I went to get my knitting out of my bag, there was my name tag. I shoved it inside my knitting bag, which I don't have any memory of doing because I was so nervous signing in that I had no, I lost, I became dysregulated and I lost all connection to my executive functions. So I just thought that was you know funny and nobody really noticed. I decided not to talk about it or highlight it. I was like, I'm just going to roll and play it off and, and just keep moving forward. And I did. And then I even went to, I continued with my plan to go to lunch and follow through with um, the day I was there for five or six hours, I think. And it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, so that's my win. And I am um, adding that to my expected patronum journal as another social win. And I got to add it to my list 22 and 22 as another tracking tool. So shared a lot of ideas around tracking habits. Um, and, and one more tip is just a reminder that checking things on your tracker hits the reward pathway in your brain. So it literally gives you a dopamine hit. So that's what I mean about like pulling in the, the more you see it, it pulls you into doing it. So even I've had a couple of days since I've been doing my yoga habit where I woke up and I wasn't feeling great or had a horrible night's sleep. If I wasn't so connected to not wanting to break my streak, I, I would have absolutely bailed on it. I would have been, never mind. I'll do this tomorrow or I'll, I'll pick up another time, but I'm so tied to my streak not wanting to interrupt it, that I might give myself a shorter um, program to do that day, but I won't not do it. So like, I'll might like turn on just stretching um, instead of, you know, a bunch of downward dogs or something. So I might modify it, but I keep moving forward. And that was something that I've been really interested to notice how powerful it is pulling me towards it. I'm like, if it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday, I don't think about it. I don't decide. I just get up and do it. Um, so when you think about if you would like to experiment with a tracking tool, as I like to say, run an ADHD friendly experiment, what's sparkly to you? What would work for you to try and experiment with for tracking a habit? I encourage you try one tracker. I've shared multiples, try one, whether it's an app or a concrete external visual tracker, pick one thing to use and pick one habit to track. If we try to track too much. We get overwhelmed and we tend to get into that all or nothing. Like, ah, this doesn't work for me. Pick one thing. Notice the evidence is what pulls us in again. Like when I go back to my, my clipboard and my weekly monthly tracker, I adjust the things I track and how often I do them based on what I can see. I'm actually doing. So if I, if I have a goal to do something five times a week and I'm not even doing it once, I'm going to lower it to once a week. Cause I can see 
holding it to five, it's lowering my energy because I'm not doing it. So when I go, I'm like, I didn't do it again. I didn't do it again. But if I adjust it, I'm like, you know, let's just try to do that once a week and see how that works. Then I have a better chance of getting it checked off. I can notice what worked to get the one time checked off and build from it. So again, it's just a way for you to, to pull yourself in, notice what works and build around what you notice works for you. I'm going to end with a quote today. And that is that your life is the sum of your habits. And then my second follow-up quote is from, I don't even remember what kid's show it was, but when my kids were little, there was a show that they watched where one of the characters would say, practice and tomorrow you'll be better than today. And I think of that all the time. So I practice tracking. And if I track things today, tomorrow, I'll probably be even better than I was today. So practice and tomorrow you'll be better than today is my final quote. So that's all for this episode of the ADHD Friendly Podcast, where I shared some tracking tools to support habit building. And I always want to remind you, if you don't already have a personal owner's manual, the best time to start one was 20 years ago when you were a kid. Next best time is today. I invite you to check out my website, ADHDfriendly.com for information on starting your personal owner's manual called a POM, P-O-M. And if you like this episode, I really appreciate if you would subscribe. My goal is to get to 100 subscribers so I can get my own unique um, link for my podcast to share. I'm up to 40, hit a a round number, um, trying to get to 100. So please subscribe and share if you liked it with somebody else that might benefit from learning about habit tracking. That's all for now. Tell you how.